I traveled through the seven levels of the candy cane forest, past the sea of swirly, twirly gumdrops, and then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. another week it's another sensi brewcast we are um if you can't tell by the jingling bells still doing shows even though i think today for you guys is christmas eve so if you're listening to this on christmas eve merry christmas if you're not i hope you had a good christmas (laughs) it's always so weird because for us it's in the future for everybody that's listening it's very likely in the past i don't know how we're supposed to tell people merry christmas or whatever you know holiday celebration you might celebrate but it's another week. It's another Cincy Brewcast. We're kind of uh, wrapping up the the year, I guess. Um, joined by David McKinney from MMA McKinney. You did a fantastic year wrap up on your uh, your website, and uh, I think you you contacted me and said I think this would be a good idea for a show, and it absolutely is. And there was a lot that happened this year, and a lot of things for us to talk about. So thank you very much for uh, for reaching out, and uh, welcome back to the show. It's yeah. been a while. Been um, a while. I think it was. 90 degrees outside the last time it was that, uh, it was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely nice a lot hot. warmer than it is now although it's not it wasn't too bad today today was pretty nice today kind of felt like a nice spring day uh andy foltz um again welcome back to the show i think it's been a Thank while you. for you been, so, uh, yeah it's been over a year so um, definitely uh, probably longer than than david so yeah. <laughs> well it's nice to get people back on the show after being absent for so long and um this is also kind of a fun one because we are um, although technically I did one other show in this room with Mike, um, our first kind of Christmas wrap up, I think where we just drank a bunch of beers that we had gotten for Christmas, but we did that in here. Otherwise, this is the first show from what will be, uh, gnome studios, USA, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> um, eventually world we, headquarters. We are obviously, as you can see, looking around, we have not started any kind of construction yet, so <laughs> hopefully it'll be done by the spring-ish. We'll see. Quarter one, right? What, what did we just talk about? Not putting dates on construction. <laughs> have we a, learned was, nothing in the brewing industry? I Don't put, put the, a date. I always put the ish in there. I feel like that makes it okay. <laughs> ish. Just ish. ish. <laughs> um, so before we kind of dig into all of the fun things, or probably while we talk about the fun things that have happened in the um, the beer community this year, we need to drink some beer. Um, and From drinking beer, beer will probably start the conversation, honestly, because there's a couple things right in front of us that uh, definitely are fun new things for the year. But um, where do you guys want to start? Because we've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we should probably start a little bit lighter, I guess, since most of what we have is yeah. not light. I think maybe <laughs> the lightest that we have on here is like a 7.5% beer. Um, we've got the Kenosha Kickers from Sonder. Uh, do you know what ABV is on that? We'll start there. Um, so we've got uh, Wooden Cask's latest barrel-aged cider project. What do you know yeah. about it? Well, I what it. I know about it is that down at Wooden Cask, they're brewing some cider that they're putting into wine barrels. Then they're making wine and putting those back into the barrels. So the barrels are getting reused, and everything's kind of touching everything, which is really cool. I know that this particular batch is not as sweet as the first batch. He said it's about a semi-sweet. Um, 
when I went down and picked it up earlier. And this is going to be a continuing project for them, I know, to do wine, to do the cider and reuse those barrels. So it's really um, it's something that's different, which is what we look for all the time in the community, right? Well, and we did try the first version of this on the show I don't know which episode though, and I don't. I can't pull up my notes, but uh, I don't know, get on the website and search for wooden cask, and you can see which which one we tried it on. But um, this is close to that, I assume, just a little less sweet. Yes, that's the way it was described. So, and I, uh, I tried it earlier, and not being a cider fan myself, I still liked it. And what I loved about the other one was the the fact that it was in wine barrels, kind of dried it out a little bit, and right. I think kind of tamed out some of the. The sweetness that I typically don't like as much in ciders. Right. And with this one, I know I got more wine on the nose than I did in the flavor, but still got, like oh, yeah. you said, that dryness. <laughs> so. There's like a nice, uh, it's like a nice uh, woody wine, though. Like it's not just mm-hmm. like that 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 fruity kind of thing that usually gets smacked in the face with a cider. Yeah. Is this a white wine barrel or a red wine? Um, white wine usually isn't in barrels, but... I would, I'm I can, going with but, red based on what I saw down there behind right. <laughs> But I know they do both. You get a little bit they more of the, the white wine character, which is interesting. It's it, As you mentioned, a little bit it, more of the yeah. woody kind of oak. Definitely has a really dry finish and not very sweet at all, which I love in a cider. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. It starts out real, um, like a real, real oaky, real woody, and then... The cider kind of characteristics come in afterwards. Very much so. And then it finishes with that dry kind yeah, of tannic thing. It, it reminds me a bit of a Riesling for wine drinkers. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a fair comparison. And if you're a wine drinker, this is something to go try if you're down in Newport. What's this called? <laughs> it is called Wine Barrel Age Cider. <laughs> that's easy enough. <laughs> but the reason that uh, I brought this up, I'm I'm a Kentucky boy for those of you guys that aren't familiar with me. I've been associated with a few different breweries in the past and uh, done a little bit of blogging with with the brew community. And Wooden Cask isn't available in Ohio, and this is a beer that's soon to be available in Ohio. So this is kind of a preview of what's coming across the river from our Newport brewery. Is that as easy of a... I assume it's the same process. You can When, when you sign with a distributor for beer, it covers your wine license too, right? I, I mean, I, I would assume, but I don't, I don't actually know that for a fact. I mean, I, 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 I don't guess... want to swear to anything because the Kentucky state motto is we're backwards and looking forward to it. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, so... you know, I don't, I don't remember Braxton going through anything else when they did their cider and it showed up here in Ohio oh, yeah, right no, away. So it, I... Yeah. The cider should be fall under that same set of rules and right. regulations. I thought you were asking about the wine that they're making. Well, no, right? no, 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 no. Yeah, that's I, a different. Um, but yeah, the cider will be coming through Adina the re- way the rest right. of their beers are. Which okay. it's it's fantastic being in Fairfield and being able to drive right over Jungle Gems and get wooden caskets. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, that that um, Adina is maybe something that we'll talk about a little bit later. But that's uh, that's huge and having a, a kind of a. Well, I mean, we can go ahead and craft, kind of touch on it a little yeah, bit. Craft, now. Well, you know. craft brewery, so, uh, small brewery. Uh, distribution uh, and, and just really good people overall. Yeah, and you know, Adina was the first local distribution you know company to to start up in town. And God knows how long. I mean, I don't know the exact number. I don't know if they actually really know the exact number, but it's been a really long time. And when they started out, they had this uh, very specific model to to as they were launching to 
to grab some of these northern Kentucky breweries and get them into Ohio when it might have been a little bit different and more difficult process for them to find somebody willing to help them do that. Um, it, since then, even play, you know, here in Fairfield, you got Swine City, and they just signed with them to help kind of get their beer out a little bit too. You know, Didn't so know they, that. Yeah, the, I saw that I they didn't know that either. Uh, Lake Ride. Right no, I just, I, you <laughs> I know, that's it's great. It's falling. It's falling into their. <laughs> niche so that's great that they're um yeah swine was their first ohio brewery they signed and then lake rat was their second one uh, um, i don't know if you guys have ever been to lake rat i haven't it's on my it. it's it's a fun place it's on my short list I, that, uh, I think that's a there's a, a kind of a little triangle up in that area yeah, where you can Muller brew barn and uh tails spin yeah and, and lake rat okay i'm familiar um, with Muller. i'm not maybe do like a, a little day trip and oh yeah and Moeller is actually going to open up in an old church in uh, Troy as Are well. So I didn't know that. They have a second location coming. I've wow. Had a couple of their beers. And, and I don't know how I feel about Moeller Brew Barn being in a church. <laughs> in a church. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they can give it a different kind of spin on the name or something. Moeller Church Wait, <laughs> beer. Moeller. We've seen other breweries going to church. No, it's it not the being in the church, but it's the, the name. It's a brew barn. So their first location is a barn. But, but remember what the day is today when this comes out. Away in a manger, man. That's Away right. in a manger. <laughs> I guess there's some There you kind of, go, Muller. There's, there's a beer name for you. you there's a beer name for you. <laughs> um, but no, the the cider is is again right in line with what the other one was. It's it's it sits right at the top of my list of ciders uh, that I, yeah, I've had. I'm right there with you. And again, I'm not a huge cider fan. I, I am a fan of a couple things that March first has done, I will say, especially the the Holtmans. But this is March first. Who, judging by their press release they sent out today, thinks us. Think, I, I think they want us to mention they are the first local brewery to make a uh, hard seltzer. False. Uh, They're the first Cincinnati, but Braxton had them beat by about a week, according to their press release. No, no, no. no. So March first uh, tapped their hard seltzer in November. Their first oh. one. And Braxton early uh, yeah, December this, this it, month. Although I don't, I don't, I don't remember what well, day it actually launches. Um, but they have like hard soda. They have hard soda. They have not done a seltzer yeah. yet. I assume they will. Um, also, Rivertown's got one on tap that I didn't know was there. It's like a cucumber something or other hard seltzer. Um, but it was also early December when I think they tapped As soon that. as you say cucumber, I say hard pass. So. <laughs> you don't like cucumber at all? <laughs> not, not a whole lot. Um, I noticed I, I've been squirreling away some pickle beer when I offered you a beer when you got here. You, anything with that one. <laughs> so I guess pickles fall into that same category they, for you. They do. They um, I try to keep some of that as long as I can every year. And uh, it's, I think I have two cans left. I think it's amazing that they do that beer because of the people that like it. And it definitely hits a niche and there's nobody else that's doing anything like it. And I'm all happy that I'm happy to give <coughs> you guys all of it. <laughs> I will drink plenty of their other stuff. Go, don't get me wrong. When when you want an urban artifact beer and you want something super refreshing that other than Key Punch, because uh, Key Punch is probably my first or second favorite beer from them, but I had a couple of those in the middle of the summer and they they bring it out the perfect time. Oh, yeah. oh they definitely when it's that. ninety degrees outside and and okay. you could there come is in and, and no better very experience. Refreshing. Well, I shouldn't say no better experience, but there are very few better experiences than that middle of the summer. It's, you said, 90 degrees outside. You fire up the grill. You throw some burgers on there. Grab yourself a pickle beer. Oh, my God. Just everything comes together, and this light shines down. It's, it's amazing. It's fantastic. I love that beer. I, what I find, you know, you say Key Punches is your favorite of theirs, and I feel like every time 
one of those new seasonal gozos comes out and I go and get my six pack and I crack it open. I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot how much I love this beer. This beer is great. This is the best seasonal gozos they have. I love this one. This is it. And then, you know, the very next one that comes out is the same thing every single time. Well, I, yeah, I say key punch and then I, I put on my, my favorites at the end of the, the blog that I did. Operation Plowshare is my favorite beer of the year. So <laughs> they, they've got Overall. some really great stuff. <laughs> also a tremendous beer. And then the Toomey, uh, which I had recently when I was there for their like holiday market and i think i got maybe one of the last uh pints of it and that's like blew me away that was uh we we tried that a few episodes ago on the show too um did either of you guys go down for the durian beers <laughs> i was uh very curious about those no i i gave it some thought but i was stuck doing other stuff until it was like yeah right you know i understand that that seems to be my life anymore <laughs> it's rare for me that that happens but yeah it was one of those it was just like it's dark outside and it's december and <laughs> <Yeah>. i'm old <laughs> so, so it was like four thirty or something when it gets dark now <laughs> yeah so dinner time but <laughs> i always find it i don't know maybe i should but like the i've just never really pulled the trigger on like a beer dinner or like a, a oh, themed man. event like mm-hmm. that and i really feel like i should beer dinners are awesome i um Moreline Lager House, so I still amazing. think, does the best beer dinners They're in town, amazing. and they do them every single month. Mm-hmm. And they bring in some different breweries that you might not um, sit down and try their beer all the time. You know, I think they've got Sierra Nevada coming up in January. Like that's yes. going to be a killer beer dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, it's usually about fifty-ish bucks. Per, per person it's a it's a good price for worth for every what penny. You it is they're fantastic worth every penny so i mean if you want to jump the gun and do a beer dinner just just keep an eye on on what uh the logger house is doing out to do that um i realized when i checked the on untapped i'd had that i it was probably the first version of that cider and i said yeah. it was probably one of my favorite ciders yeah, it's, it's good it still holds true um, i feel yeah. like it would be good like in cocktails too like it's like one of those beers or you know beer like things that uh just uh, like it, it just it's got so many different little flavors in it that i think would go really well with some other things but i mean who, who makes his beer <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic oh it's one of my favorite things and they're doing um wooden cast doing some fun things in barrels uh i believe they had a Yes, I had a red rye that was rum barrel aged over yeah. the weekend called Thin Blue Line that was in conjunction with the FOP down in Newport. And someone who's not a red ale guy it was amazing, absolutely amazing. They yeah, they really started to take off for me when they started releasing some of the the barrel aged things. <clears throat> corruption when they released that first corruption, it uh, completely changed mm-hmm. the way I was thinking of them as a brewery. Not that they weren't doing things that were exciting before, but they had. You know, hung so much on this easy drinking, lower ABV kind of idea that that's what was in my head about them, and it's that's definitely not what's in no. my head anymore. No, anybody that likes barrel aged beers should definitely be checking out Wooden Cask right now. I believe there were three on tap when I was down there. Well, and barrel, I think that I would say if you don't think you like barrel aged beers, yes. maybe be just because it's always a Russian Imperial or heavy brown ale or something like that. Go check them out because they've got some barrel age or you know wine barrel age ciders right. and some rum barrel age things and they're doing some fun things in barrels that's not just you know your old bourbon barrel aged russian imperial stout right and that's the thing too you it might not be that you don't like barrels maybe you just don't like bourbon that, that, that's true and the, <clears throat> there's been a, a, a pretty 
big trend, I think, for a lot of people, especially with the big imperial stouts, to go a little heavy on the bourbon too. You know, they don't they don't let it kind of mellow out. They, well, they the, go full force. On I think it. the barrels are so expensive now that they want to get their they money's get, worth yeah. out of them. But as you know, if you're if you're a drinker that may not really love the boozy side of it, you're you're missing out too sometimes because True. people are so over yes. the top about it. Before we dig in too deep on Cincinnati, you guys want to go over some stats about kind of the beer community in general for this year? Or I guess yeah. they're not going to be official yeah. stats quite yet. But yeah, let's hear. Well, give me a second now. I'm sorry. I thought you were ready. I'm <laughs> I not trying have pulled to push it up it. before. Uh, not trying to push. I always like the uh, how many breweries are in Cincinnati. <coughs> that's that's a, a good well, conversation. And I asked starter. that trivia question, and um, uh, not only did Eric get what was my answer right on the head, and I didn't even hear that he had gotten it right, um, my answer was wrong. I completely forgot that technically, Rheingeist is operating two breweries in Cincinnati right now. I don't know how much <laughs> they run that second little tiny brew house on Spring Grove. But it's there, and it's 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 a brewery, so it's not fifty nine. It is sixty. That's my official count as of right now of breweries in Cincinnati, which we talked about this. Briefly. I can yeah. I, so I think that people <laughs> but, people think of it different ways too. So I I personally look at it as tap rooms because <coughs> Sam Adams, yeah, they're a brewery right. here in Cincinnati. But if you can't go, you can go bang on the gates all you want before they open up their tap room. You can't get a Sam Adams beer out of there, right? Uh, so. Technically, yeah, but maybe uh, for from a consumer standpoint, maybe looking at it as tap rooms. And, and I think also people, you have to define it kind of more specifically too. Of here are all the tap rooms because you can say this one brewery, Rheingeist, they might have two locations, right. but that is that one brewery? Is that two breweries? Well, it, but then <laughs> on the same side, you got 50 West that has on both sides of the street a separate yeah. tap room. Is that one or is that two? You've got Off Taft. Track. Off Track has... A brewery. They don't have a tap room yet. You can go down the street to Same the Dunlap Cafe right. and get there. But yeah, like so. How like how? Where do those things fall? It's a very strange kind of number to come up with. So. Correct. And you know, do you count Fifty West as two? I do, I, yeah. I don't I have two brewing licenses. I, well, then, all right. You know what? You just changed <laughs> my there mind. You go. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's that's kind of my rule. Is if you know if you are close enough and you're operating two tap rooms which i don't think is existing in cincinnati right now that um then it's it's one brewery but if you have separate licenses for both of them then i'll, I'll count just two um also well, then that know, would make braxton two and that would make tafts two as right. well um the, the places that i i don't know how to include them on lists on charts on things like that you know the um you know the the off tracks and places like that um the uh um northern row um, they don't they're, have a tap room yet. But they're you, distributing. You, you can get their beer around. Right. You know, some people wouldn't count them because of a tap room. It, it, there's, it's, it's hard. All it over the place. Very yeah. confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Northern Row is actually getting Rough pretty life. easy to find in Cincinnati. I think the tap room's got to be getting close. At this I think point. I saw them for the first time at uh, the Punch Out earlier this yeah. year. Yeah, um, which was my personal favorite event of the year and um, uh it's 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 usually right up there for me too i i'd have to really look at it and really put some thought into which one is my favorite event but they are definitely right up there punch out is always um it's always really fun there's always a really really great tap lineup of of beer from all around town yeah um, and outside of town yeah yeah it's it's just it's a it's a great event yeah for for favorite of the year I'm told I enjoy beer fest the most. 
I only remember the first. Yeah, the stories I hear about it, it, it sounds like it <laughs> I saw these pictures and it looked like I was having yeah, a blast. <laughs> I know. I, was, I actually uh, tried to see, I think I had a goal of like 35 unique check-ins at, at Beer Fest and I passed that in like an hour and 10 <laughs> minutes, I think. So. What a, were you counting as a check-in though? Just tasting the beer or did you have to finish the... Just tasting. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I was with some other people and we were maybe, Sharing. we would go up to one brewery and if they had four beers, right. we would get all four of those right. and taste, so... So, but it my, was u- unique check-ins of beers that I had not checked in before on Untapped. We took my brother for his birthday two years ago, and we did the Friday night session. He had over seventy-five check-ins <laughs> that were a, unique. How many of those beers did he remember? <laughs> he remembered. He said something to me the next day about being at Nicholson's, and I said, "Oh, I haven't been there in forever." And he said, "We were there last night." <laughs> Huh. I've I've had a have had experiences knew? like that as well. <laughs> We're sleeping ch- in a booth there right yeah. now. <laughs> and I, I checked in well, well less than seventy five beers that That's night. Funny. So Yeah, I woke up in, in my bed, but his truck was at my place. So I texted him and I said, Where's where's my car? And he said, It's down at we had met at Wooden Cask. He said, It's down at Wooden Cask and I said, Okay, how the hell did I get home? <laughs> And he said, you took an Uber. I said, that seems very responsible. I'm happy about that. Now, how do I get back to my car? He's like, you've got my keys. No, he's like, you've got my keys. I'm like, this is all kinds of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here? Drunk me made all kinds of clever plans. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Next time we got to write this down. <laughs> so we can remember where everybody's car is. Oh, it, it was like. a little map. It was, yeah, it was like playing Zelda. I feel like there's a movie about that. <laughs> Um, so, beer stats for the overall. Well, should um, we crack up another one first? Sure, sure. We'll, crack something up more. I read here. Yeah, yeah let's, let's just keep going on the same kind of. Surprise! This is still cold because it's been out of the fridge. That's the nice part about December. That's the one good thing about this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we finally have topped uh, seven thousand breweries in the United States. Okay. Um, in like October of this year, we finally hit that number. Um, so it just keeps going. Everybody says it's going to stop, and it doesn't. It just keeps growing, keeps getting bigger. Um, the overall growth for uh, craft beer is up 5%, which is not the double digits that we were seeing for a long time, but it's still but up. But that's good. Beer in general is down 1%, but craft beer is up 5%. How is um, beer down 1%? Big beer. Nobody's drinking the big, you know, multinational conglomerates anymore. And at the same time, you know, the people that used to go out and you you could sit there and you would drink a a case of beer. We're now sitting and we're, you know, scaling things back a little bit, spending a lot, a little bit more money on less beer. So I think that is what causes those numbers to, uh, to decline. Yeah. I'm just watching Andy's face as he (laughs) tastes this beer. I know. There's a lot more spice than I was expecting out of that. So this is a Kenosha kickers from, Sonder, who is another one of those ones that had a very big fall here, I guess. Yeah. I can't even say a year. They, you know, it's just this fall. Um, huge opening. Probably, I mean, I, I can't say that it's one of, it's the biggest openings, you know, when Mad Tree and Ryan guys were opening. I don't think anybody will ever see the excitement again from that. Um, but it was very close to that. The, the amount of people talking about it and the amount of people that went there the quality of beer that they were putting out on that one. Um, it, it was exciting. And so they followed it up really quickly with packaging, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, is not easy to do um, in, in this market. Well, the the interesting decision um, to for their first package beer was actually a wit beer, 
which they're Blanc. And I was kind of surprised by that. And I know that when you were there after they opened, uh, during, the, I think, one of the soft openings, they had mentioned that they maybe thought that that was going to be their best-selling beer. That beer was really, and I don't like that style of beer. It's not my go-to, but that was a great beer. And I think in, I think a lot of people were surprised by that. And the other beers that they had, the New England IPA, the Tiramisu Stout, those are kind of can't miss. Right. Uh, yeah. But they're when when you're putting out you know Belgian wet beers like that on your on your grand opening and then follow up with cans, that's impressive. Right. And th- that one probably was my favorite. <coughs> But that is very much my wheelhouse. Yeah. So the it, tiramisu it was, was close. It was definitely my favorite of what they had on tap that yeah. day. It is not typically my go-to, though. It's I mean, not that I don't like it, but it's definitely just not going to be the one that I lean towards. This is amazing. Like this yeah. is, and um, when I first you know saw him announce it, in my head I anticipated way more of a like a an appley kind of cider thing right. going on. Uh, a lot less spice, which you know you mentioned. This is like it, it, it's, it's a winter beer. Like it's it yeah. fits it, it fits the season perfect. It, it hence my reaction to it. I was expecting kind of a cidery type flavor to it, and you're getting like you said a little bit more of a winter warmer or harvest flavor. It, to yeah, it. And, and it's called apple struce ale. So think yeah. of an apple yeah. streusel like a basically an apple pie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. which. You get the that kind of that pie that you Very know the, so. the crust, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the and then also the heavy cinnamon on it, and then yeah, this reminds me of eating an apple strudel at Chris Kindle Market or something. You know, like it's it right. just it, it's perfect for this time of year. And I will say the the first couple, I think I had I got I had two six packs of this, and the first one is long gone. But uh, the first time I had it, I had it super cold, mm-hmm. and I didn't get as many of the as much of the spice and the, the kind of that pie streusel yeah, I, character. I would as, definitely as recommend letting this one warm up a little bit and not drinking it at, you know, like four, nuke it for 10 degrees. seconds or something. <laughs> don't do that guys. <laughs> no, no, we cannot encourage that on sense of your guest. <laughs> no, don't nuke it, but just, you know, let it sit for 15, 20 minutes. No, it's you get your flavors. Yeah. The, the beer temperature is something that I think, is really underappreciated too. Absolutely. Uh, knowing what temperatures beer should be served it's at. It's not talked about a lot either. You know, when I probably mentioned it every show since Dark Charge, but um, that the, the Mandarin Dark Charge variant, when I first tried it on tap at the Builder's Preview Night, it was just pouring out of the same taps that every other beer is, which is kept at longer right. temperature. It's cold beer, you know, and it lost every bit of that orange. It just tasted like, like a rye Imperial Stout, which was good. But it was disappointing because I was mm-hmm. expecting something else. Then come Dark Charge Day, when it was on its own tap and kept at a different temperature, leaps and bounds better. It's a, it's amazing. And I feel like I'm almost at the point with almost every Imperial style that I've got, I just keep them in the in the cellar. And mm-hmm. when I want to drink it, I just pull it out and, and drink it at whatever that temperature is, you know, 59 degrees or whatever it is down here. It's probably 40 degrees right now. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, it, just the, that that temperature to let some of those things come out. It's something that I don't think people talk about nearly enough and appreciate nearly enough. Everybody's just keeping everything in their same refrigerators there. Which, which company is putting their suggested serving temperature on their cans? I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head of anybody that's doing there, it. But. There's definitely somebody that is, and it's probably national, not local, but... Yeah, uh, whoever it was, I, I was. Yeah, I feel like I have seen. I've seen I, that I, as well. I've I definitely think. seen it in the past, but I, yeah. I can't think of who specifically. And I feel like it was in a 
bottle. So it probably wasn't anybody local. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious if anybody local is doing it even like on their website or anything like that. It sounds like something that Matt Drew would put on the website. That would be a good, uh, a good kind of side by side tasting of, you know, a beer that might be good, better right. if you warm it up a little bit or. Yeah. Dark charge is a fun perfect. blind thing to do with somebody that didn't know what you were doing. You know, give them yeah. three <laughs> Imperial Stouts and say, same thing. which one of these three beers do you like the best? And, you know, oh, this one, you know, it's all the same beer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. But um, let's see if we got any other fun stats here. Uh, Jobs grew by 9%. So there's over a half a million jobs now in craft beer in the United States. Uh, 4,000. This is all coming from the uh, um, craft brewer. What is the the, 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 the uh, Brewers the, Association? Brewers Association. There you go. Um, 4,000 breweries adopted the uh, independent craft beer seal, which I'm, I was actually pretty impressed by that number. That was that many. That's awesome. So... Uh, 85% of craft beer uses the seal on their stuff. I mean, we could see it right here on grain works. On <laughs> wow. 85%. I was in a, at a brewery in uh, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I was surprised on their cans that they had it. Sonder does not. <gasps> Maybe not be, yet. Have been bought out by AB. Let's start <laughs> that rumor now. <laughs> Actually, when I was in line at dark charge day, um, somebody brought, somebody went and picked up the apple brandy barrel Demogorgon for me and, we were all looking at the cans and admiring the artwork and somebody said, Oh, they don't have the seal on there. And somebody else said, I thought they got bought out <laughs> straight side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I got a laugh. I'm like, Oh my God, he was serious. That he really the thinks it's not on there that they got bought out. <laughs> or cause they bottle once a month. <laughs> right. Maybe it was, yeah, who knows? Right. Uh, 85% of adults in the United States now live within 10 miles of a brewery. And uh, 1% of all U.S. beer is homebrewed. That one actually kind of surprised me a little bit. I I keep anticipating homebrewing to kind of go down a little bit. And it's not. It's still kind of on the upswing. And it was kind of shocking that 1% of the beer being produced Total in, beer, in the yeah. United States is made in people's houses. When you mm. think about how much beer, especially some of the bigger yeah. well, well, breweries. 85% of people live within 10 miles of a brewery. Like, you know. I guarantee all of that 1% is well, not great beer. And the, the big news, I don't know if you guys have seen it, that the Brewers Association has also changed the uh, definition of a craft brewery. I you actually no I bookmarked have to, I didn't read the article yet. You no longer have to produce at least 50% of your... You don't right. have to be a... Same items I like that one. Because uh, yeah, you can make hard make, seltzer. Yeah. You can make... Oh, you know. But, but, but does that bring back into uh, the definition of craft beer places that have been bought out like so i'm thinking of places like maybe like a ballast point that's uh, owned by a company that it would be the but as long as the stipulation that you can't be owned more than i think it's 50 percent, 50 percent by yeah. a uh, non-craft brewery so you know the, the issue is that um they're they're owned by this this, this and, huge and corporation. at this point i don't i think that probably a lot of those places that have been bought out they don't necessarily care to be <laughs> uh, again yeah, that you, you can't grouping. go back now you know it's it, you couldn't you they know. have probably a, a, well um, ballast point is it, that was my favorite <coughs> kind of non-sensitive well, brewery so i'm i they're close to my heart but they have a billion reasons why they really don't care whether <laughs> right. you think they're <laughs> literally you know, a craft beer reasons. or not but it would almost piss people off more i think at this point if a ballast point or a wicked weed or whoever it may be um, even if they were, you know, put back in the definition and 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 put 
the seal on their bottle. I think it would, just, I think it would piss people off. And I think it would be like, you, you aren't it, craft beer. You right. Aren't. It would devalue the seal. Yeah. Well, and and the do. thing to remember, too, with that is that those places are still produced. I mean, not all of them, but some of them are still producing <laughs> damn good beer. Right. I still mm-hmm. drink Wicked Weed when I can find it or Ballast Point every once in a while. I probably won't default to those, but they still, you know, it, drink whatever you want. Yeah, still, at I, the end of the day, I just I think people shouldn't be drinking wicked weed anymore. I think they should be giving it to me, <laughs> honestly. So if anybody's mad at them and still has a <laughs> bottle, I'm in Bellevue. I'm easy to find. I'm I'm a little strange. Like I'm never going to um, run and try to get some of that stuff over the local things that we've got around us, but. I'm also never going to turn it down, you know. If I'm if I'm out somewhere and I see them, like, oh, that sounds good. I'm I, I'm curious about it. I'll 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 try it. I'll get it. But um, that that's an interesting semi segue into something that has I've been thinking about this year, and that at least personally, I can't speak for the community at large. I don't chase beer like I used to. Oh, I definitely don't. I'm not. But I've also got a two year old at home, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, that that's that's it's, not my excuse. Um, there's so much now that you've got 7,000 breweries to choose from. And there's now you'll say 60 in town. It's a nice round number. We'll work with it. <laughs> if they all did a release one a year, that's every week. And you know, I can't budget that that's, time-wise that's, or finance that's more than every week. I think that's right. the number that like you, you can't give that, everybody a right. weekend. And, and so I'm not at as many beer releases, which you know, I still get the release thing and the community and the bottle share, and and that's how we enjoy this, and that's the camaraderie. Right. And I get all that, and I'm all for that. That's what beer to me is about. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about this. But I can't chase beers anymore, and I don't care what's in your cellar particularly. It's also a little. <laughs> I mean, it, I. <laughs> it's also a little different now in that you know, with a lot of the releases you don't have to go line up for them. They'll be at That's one true. of those big kind of beer stores around town in a couple of days and you can right. get it there. I mean, yes, there are rare things that aren't, you have to be careful you know, with released, that though. Yeah. Some, you, you can't re- you can't rely on it, <laughs> but you can you need to rely. Like you can't you need on. the beer. Any, like it, you know, there's another one. Next, that there's another really good exactly. one next week. Yeah, there is a good one next week actually coming up. I just it. meant any week in general. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say that's another good segue. Um, the uh, CCBC has a beer coming out, the BA Saturday morning cartoons. Yes. That's going to be down at Party Source on Saturday at noon. And I know that you can get there early and try to sign up for some bourbon thing that I don't. You is had it to, being released both at 50 West and Party Source or just Party Source? I thought it was just Party Source, it's but let's pull it up while we're there. I remember reading the instructions of how, what this, the hoops you have to jump through to get the, that beer, and I was like, I don't, I don't know that I really <laughs> care that much. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's great, I was and I love they, 50 West, it, but it's they made it really difficult to to try to get the beer you have to like enter into like a raffle for some Pappy Van Winkle tickets and yeah that's the part that Pappy and, had. you have to enter the raffle in order to get the beer I thought it was something like that why well, Andy's googling here <laughs> I, you know I just had it pulled up uh-huh. and then either way it, and 50 West I think is a good the because they've done some really interesting things right. with their releases to try to make them special whether it be the uh, the one New England IPA that you got right off the line, right off the line and, and things like that. Yeah, the, 
the, the when they did the farmhouse ales, you got to do like a you know, kind of a meet and greet kind of thing with the uh, the brewers and hear yeah. about the beer. And no, it just says that you can enter. It doesn't say you have to. Okay. Yeah, I don't the, know if they're the I don't know if they're ball. legally allowed to make you enter it. I think that that's. Yeah. Um, no, you just. You it's ha- always been kind of a. You thing have with, to be there in person, but to win. To, oh, okay. But no, it doesn't say that. It's a, but it's a Mexican hot chocolate and chocolate berry jam barrel aged stuff i mean i just that, I, that sounds wonderful to me <laughs> it does i've good. had a ton of mexican hot chocolate beers and and chasing kind of something that i don't think is ever going to be made again the uh blank slate that did opera cream uh, mexican hot chocolate and that was there's a lot of things from blank slate that it's yeah not um, to bring up sore subjects well, and, and i also <laughs> i also kind of wonder to myself if maybe it's better this way and you remember it as one thing instead of letting it come right. back and do some of those beers stand up against some of the other things that are being made now versus then when there wasn't anything around. Like, right. I, I, I don't know. Yes. I, so yeah, I assume so. But like I, I, you know, trying to, to rationalize it in my head of, of why it's okay that they're not coming back and they're not around. And But um, I've tried probably just about every time I see a Mexican hot chocolate beer now, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the one that'll be in the ballpark and, I don't think anything is going close. There have been some really good ones. Stone Chocovesa is still pretty damn good. Yeah, that's a little too spicy for me. If you get the ice cream with it, it's really good. (laughs) That's the way to do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What What other things this year have like you guys just been really excited to see? Be it a trend, be it for me specific beer. Something, and I had somebody mention this to me. I, I put in the blog about loggers coming back, and I think I didn't kind of put out the way that I, I didn't uh, express it as well as maybe I, I could have. Uh, and that's always the, when you write, that's always your biggest fear. But I was almost saying not only Why the logger, not only the, lo- <laughs> <laughs> not only the logger, but like the, <laughs> the, Man, affordable. you made the joke, not me this time. I love <laughs> it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The, the affordable kind of, Here's your 30 pack or 15 pack or 12 pack lager of here's if you want a fridge filler type of beer. Which one's your preference? Do you like Cheetah or do you like Garage Beer? Well, it's the great Cincinnati debate. Yeah. <laughs> the new Gold Star uh, Styline yeah. Cheetah Garage Beer. But that, you know, I, and it's not something that I'm like, I'm going to like dive at either one of those. Right. But I don't, they're, they're, that's not what they're supposed to be. <laughs> they're supposed to be you want a beer, you want something that's not, you're not going to have to think about. That you can See, throw in your fridge and say, instead of a, <coughs> people might use Bush Light or High Life or uh, Hootie or whatever that you use. Here's a, you know, this shows your kind of sophistication that my you know, fridge filler is <laughs> is a actually a craft beer, right. a craft lager. You know what? That's you know what my fridge is filled with right now. Pickle Burger beer. Light no, upstairs. The, oh, okay. the, the my fridge filler right now is Burger Light because hmm. uh, we had a party on, over yeah. the weekend and um, it was like going to happen in like an hour and I was out shopping for beer. I'm like, I need something that's cold. And yeah. neither Garage Beer <laughs> or Cheetah were kept in the beer cave at Jungle Gems. So number one, screw up. Number yeah. two, I had to get me some burger. Yeah, like <laughs> any beer should be in the in the beer fridge. Come it's, on, it's, for it's, get on that. Really, exactly. <laughs> what do you have a preference, Andy, between? Garage beer and cheetah. 
you know me, I'm going to go with the Kentucky Brewery every time. <laughs> I actually think I prefer it, but I, I'm gonna um, go we're going Kentucky to do a show like in the fairly near future where we kind of do some blind tasting of some some lagers, some some lighter lagers and stuff. So um, I'm going to really see if it's I, actually my preference. But my preference would be to get Bavarian mass packaged again, um, partially because of the Kentucky connection and the history, and partially because it's a pretty damn good lager, you yeah. know. So I, I would prefer that, but I know that that wouldn't be the same price point. Right. Any right. That's what amazes yeah. me. Just that they're able to do that beer at the price point that they do. You know, speaking especially of garage beer. Correct. It's cause you think about it and it's not that complicated in terms of how you make it, but you're tying up that tank for longer. Right. And that's where the cost comes in because they especially could be turning, when you're Braxton. <laughs> right. Cause you, you could be turning and burning some other beers. You could probably go through that tank two to maybe three times depending right. on what else you're making. So you're investing a lot of time. And to me, time is, you know, more valuable than some of the ingredients that you use. I, yeah. I think a lot of the, the people at Braxton, were arguing that same point when they when mm-hmm. when twisted bit was as popular as it was and they said you know we we need to do more loggers or even before that october fuel when they did that they're like oh my god we, we sold out all this next year we but, need to make x amount and they're like no we don't <laughs> I, <laughs> we don't we don't have the tank space we I, can't tie up tanks yeah, that long. I, I did a, a tour at braxton earlier this year and and kind of saw their their production and their they were like, this is it? And I yeah. was like, really? That, no, there's no way you guys are producing the it's amount amazing. of beer. It's absolutely amazing. It's um, the, uh, the, the, the planning that has to go into figuring out that, that brew schedule is mind-blowing. And Because I think they're the second biggest brewer, craft brewery in Kentucky, in Kentucky now, yeah, behind Altec. So, yeah, yeah, which is insane to even think that that, you know, yeah. this, this early on. Well, and, and I mean, I was in southern can you know western west southern western. kentucky and uh <laughs> this week and braxton was their local beer sure. I mean, it's it's they had more braxton than they had rheingeist in in that area which i was like that's that's awesome that braxton is down this far and they're smart that they're in kentucky and they're infiltrating kentucky as a whole mm-hmm. and <coughs> slowly i think turning some of the some of those big beer drinkers into craft beer drinkers with some of the stuff that they do, but then also just the fact that it's kind of everywhere. It's an interesting balance though, to watch to a brewery like Braxton try to own the idea that they're in Kentucky, but try to be Cincinnati also and try to balance those two ideas together when they're, they are two very different ideas. Right. um, It's interesting to watch and fun to watch. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of been the struggle coming over because that's, that's really where I got in. To right. the craft beer thing was working in the tap room down at Braxton and got to know a lot of really cool people there, both that work there and just, you know, that are in the community. And when you cross the river, especially early on, people were like, who, what <laughs> you work? Is that, is that even a thing? I'm like, yeah, man, I didn't print the shirt myself. Right. <laughs> it's real. Like, give me a free beer, but we're, <laughs> but it, it was a struggle. And I think going South has been a much easier path for them because there's still in some people's mind, this great divide that is the Ohio river. Right. And I can tell you folks, I cross that son of a bitch every day. It ain't that bad. <laughs> it just ain't. It's not as big as it looks when you're standing on the banks. <laughs> it's, it's not. I mean, if you, if you blink, you're across unless it's rush hour. Just hold your breath. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I know. Hold your breath going across. <laughs> I know. Depends on which that. bridge you go across. How how if you have to hold your breath or not? <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Fact. But they, uh, yeah. The, I mean, that's a, a perfect case in point. The um, just the what Braxton has done, um, and you know, going into the. I mean, they, and they they weren't really. It's not that they weren't doing loggers before, as as you mentioned. It's just that they said. Here's a beer you can. I think they sell it in 15 packs, right? Mm-hmm. Of the garage right. beer, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna kind of give you a, a fridge filler." And, and I, I really like that that they did that. And and I don't know if it was a response to what Rheingeist did, or I. Some people I think maybe feel like they're doing. They're kind of saying, Let, "Let's see it, what good ideas Rheingeist has, and then if they have a, if they do well with it, we'll do the same idea." But. I can tell you the practice. I'm not saying I'm talking about that, I know that well before. That. Um, I'm not saying right I guys, say that. I know. <laughs> well, and and just you really know, again with it. the with the cider that they did with kickback, um, you know, Angry Orchard was Richard's right. when he was at Sam Adams. So well, you know, I, you can't tell me that he wasn't thinking about <laughs> right. it. Again, he likes it from from the from the announcements uh, that Braxton was going to be a thing. Cider was in the discussion. It right. was always being talked about. Um, I. I think it's been publicly written about, so I think I can talk about it, but Braxton was very, very close to making an announcement that they were going to release a cider when Ryan Geist released theirs. Braxton backed off on it and said, you know what? We, we don't want to look like we're trying to yeah, chase them. Right. Let's keep working on this. Keep refining it. Keep Let's watch how people react to this, and let's do it our way and do it what we think but is the best way. For me, just as a consumer looking at bubbles and cider geist versus where the kickback is, right. at least from a, a shelf mm-hmm. placement standpoint at this point, it, they're, they're pretty far behind at least in, it, from a, from looking at it just from an outward. I don't well, know. The well, and, and like from that, a distribution but, standpoint, because cider right. geist is up East right. and they, they've really yeah. helped expand Ryan footprint by having that option and by having, yeah. You know, an extra product that nobody else had at the time, so yeah. that it helped them definitely push the envelope for their well, footprint. And, and they, I mean, I see that just as often now as I see truth. I mean, I'm in Columbus all the time. I'm from mm-hmm. Columbus, and I saw. I think it sells about the same amount the truth does. Yeah, I saw. Uh, you know, everywhere I see truth, you see bubbles. It's kind of like the they're like the step step brother and sister of <laughs> each other of the. The offspring of, of yeah. Rangeist there, but it it's you, interesting. And you guys want to hear a smart rumor? Always. Uh, um, I don't know if uh, Chris Stevens at Queen City Fresh or whatever the name of his blog is currently did the label or not yet, but um, there's going to be a beer called Little Bubs. Did I, you see that? I did see that. <laughs> it's Little Bubbles, so it's a sessionable bubbles. I actually sent... I'm actually uh, really curious about it. I actually sent <laughs> Angie that. not sessionable? Like four points. This one's like 4.6%, so like... <laughs> no, no, when, when I don't I was, know what bubbles is. When but. I was behind the bar up at BC's one day, we took a vote, and anything under 8% is sessionable. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> so that's I think, the official role. <laughs> yeah, we took a vote. I mean, <laughs> you know, Ray Snyder, if you're listening, you were there. You'll vouch for me. I, th- I think, I, and I don't know who I've had the discussion with, but I think our discussion was anything is sessionable if you uh, are willing to, to, to make it that way. <laughs> to, to make the commitment. There may be consequences I will say, that. though, with uh, with the, the little bubs, I think that they missed out on a perfect, instead of, because it's little, like the word little, and then bubs, it should have just been lil bubs. L- little bubs. Mm-hmm. That um, would be... So, 
Bubbles is 6.2%. Lil Bubs is like okay. 4, 6, I think. I would say those. anything under 6 I would consider sessionable. I mean, I uh, to a to a normal person. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not saying that you're normal or that you want to be normal, but yeah, I think anything under like a six, but it's, it's I'm sticking with eight. But it's like it's <laughs> like the, the the term imperial. You know what does it really mean anymore? Right. You know you can double. have it. Yeah, a double of of what of what it's supposed to be. You know, like so an imperial goza can be you know eight percent and it's imperial, but there can be something else that's eight percent and you consider it session or what. You know, or the term high does that mean ten percent or higher? All right. <laughs> With mad tree, it used to. <laughs> they're gonna, I mean, they're gonna love this conversation. By the way, well, it used to, <laughs> and I'm not knocking it because some of those are my favorite beers that they make. Um, Dorado High was easily Correct. one of my Dorado favorite High beers. Dorado High was excellent, year. and it made excellent chili. But well, well, that's good to know. Yeah. I'm just yeah. so this next beer here. Do you mind? No. Yeah. Okay, this is the barrel aged bagpipes of Bardstown <coughs> Scotch Ale from Grainworks. Arguably not sessionable at 11.1%. At 11.1. Yeah, at 11.1, not a sessionable beer, but I find this one to be really smooth. Um, It it was aged in, what did it say, bourbon and rye barrels? Mm -hmm. With notes of oak, vanilla oak, and rye spice. Man, that is good. Yeah. I'm not getting a lot of the vanilla, but I'm definitely getting the spice. Like I feel that on my lips. I get the rye, a lot of the rye flavor, and I'm a person that I will jump at anything. And I know, I think it was Rheingeist that said rye rye doesn't doesn't sell. sell. Yeah, it sells to me. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) It's like that good, like sweet kind of rye flavor. Everybody always Mm -hmm. when they talk about rye, oh, that spicy kind of thing. Yes, that is there, but it comes off like as a as a rye sweetness to me. Without being sticky. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. Sweet without sticky, sticky. cloying sweetness. I don't like in those those styles, but this definitely works. It's very smooth. Um, and again, I like I like being able to taste like the woodiness of it. I you know I, yeah. I, I, I when I when I want a barrel aged beer, I want to taste some of that wood. I don't just want the booze from it. This no, is, not at all. This is nice. It's like almost as like I always like to say, beers that are so woody, you feel like you're going to get a splinter on your tongue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. Yeah. So well done, Brian. Uh, yeah, Thank especially considering that uh, um, it's you know they're they're fairly new into the the barrel game. I think they. They released a little bit of this for their anniversary on, on draft, but um, I hate to say, I mean, they're new at packaging it, but right, Brian, right. Brian's been brewing for a long time and he's very proficient at what he does. So, I mean, it's, it, that's the funny thing when we think about a brewery, somebody's they're new, who knows how long that guy's been right. doing it, you know, it's, it's also, what does it mean to do it? there versus here versus here versus True. packaging versus you know it, it all is very the, the different pack, yeah. pieces of the puzzle right um this is this is really well done yeah very much so um i like the bottles i like the artwork it you know the if you've ever been into uh to grain works that big wall when you walk in on the door has a big mural of um an owl does out to the owl have a name he, he should have a name um and the the, the bottle kind of has that mural idea on it along with the the logo i like it hoppy the owl that's <laughs> i mean it's it's a little cheesy i'm pretty sure that it's I very mean. cheesy but it's i want to give uh grainworks a shout out the uh i had you slowly starting to see some of their stuff in uh distribution as well and mm-hmm. i had their pilsner which i believe was originally like a test batch and then yeah, the, yeah, yeah. it's called uh shower beer which I'm not gonna try that <laughs> i had it at a, a bar and they they 
labeled it as shower like s-h-o-w-e-r and i was like why can't i find this beer because it's like spelled like the german like shower s-c-h-a-u-e-r or something like that and it's that's like, awesome <laughs> but it was a, a really good you know when you talk about lagers and things like that i've i've been getting a lot more into pilsners and starting to you know really appreciate a good pilsner and that one was pretty impressive yeah i'm i like I said, I haven't, I haven't got to try it. Like that's that is the downside of things too. It used to be you could literally try everything. It was released. You could just go to the brewery on a on a Saturday when they were releasing whatever the new thing was, and you drank it and you that, didn't have yeah, to worry about it. I, I'm almost to this to the point now where every once in a while I'll I'll chase things like if I really want something. Um, but most of the time it's like wherever I am, I'll try. If I happen to f- to see it, I'm definitely going to get it. It also shows the value of places like BCs or Jungle Gems or Cappies or wherever your your place may be. The, the the power of that place that you can go and you can sit down and be like, all right, now here's all of these things, a lot of them local. Um, which ones have I been wanting to try? Which ones do I need to try? And Lucky Turtle, Higher Gravity. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to leave anybody all out. Right, right. You know, just formerly Brass Tap. Has <laughs> <laughs> Brass Tap gone downhill? Yeah, well, they're more into the faux craft. Really, now, so that's you, disappointing. Yeah, it is very disappointing. I haven't been there in a, in a long time. Having lived in Clifton for part of the problem, but two, three years, and I could, you know, fall back down the hill to my apartment after right. going there. <laughs> yeah, they I and mean, they still have a, a yeah. lot of local stuff, but it's the stuff that you can get pretty much anywhere. It's right. the you know truth and and psychopathy yeah, I, and and a handful of things, but. Like I very rarely go there, and I'm like, I there's something here that I want that I haven't had. I feel like I got a Shadoto there after an FCC game this year. So yeah, and I mean, they they have local, a lot of the also, uh, at a macro level. They did a lot of the uh, Goose Island, uh, Bourbon County stuff, which that was that was cool. Um, yeah. But I'm not I'm not necessarily the person that I'm like I I always jump at it something that's barrel aged or something like that, but. I understand how that's cool and and so I am this time of year, especially knowing that I don't have to get up for work tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. This is good though. It doesn't drink like you know. Going back to the grain works, doesn't drink like eleven percent, which no, is it's, dangerous. No, it it's not. it's yes. not just good. It's actually it's great. I'm that, um, I'm blown away by this. Yeah, the fact that it's dangerous, I think, makes it a Brian McGinnis beer. Honestly, um, there we go. We'll we'll label him the most dangerous brewer in the city. <laughs> There are a few people that I think make that list of danger, but for very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Won't name names. Um, <coughs> Grainworks, hopefully they're listening because they're another one of those places that I desperately need to get on the show. And they are a pain in the butt to get booked on this show. So if you guys are listening, we need to sit down just and talk. show up one day. And just... <laughs> I, I, I've threatened that. <laughs> I mean that used to kind of be just the way that we did things. We just you know we just say, hey, we're going to be here doing a show. If you yeah. guys want to sit down, you're, you're more than welcome to. But we're doing it anyways. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's going to do it again this year, but one of my favorites last year was the McGinnis Stout that he did for St. Patty's Day, mm-hmm. and they they had a big they had a big event and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they had bagpipes and everything. Uh, but I think that would make an excellent show. Oh yeah, to be up there for the McGinnis Stout on St. Patty's Day. Absolutely. Uh, <coughs> They're also gearing up for a couple big expansion things, including yes. some food. Finally, uh, the Grist Bistro is opening yes. up there, and uh, we love yeah. Chef Tony on the show, and um, that's his baby. So you gotta love Chef Tony. He's uh, he's been a very I don't know if influential is the word, but he's been a very strong promoting force 
in the craft beer industry oh, yeah. with what he's been doing with the the Bruce City sausage and um he makes some really good stuff so i'm looking forward to that as well and you know food and beer like i you know i'm yeah. glad that people are starting to understand and embrace that a little bit more well you're gonna see how important some, it is yeah you're gonna see some more of that and and some breweries and i'm not sure you know which ones i'm allowed to talk about but i can tell you that there's a few more that are looking at adding kitchens and uh partially because the food trucks aren't as always reliable and you know that's that's not a slap to them it's just you know it's, like, it's frustrating sometimes as well, you know speaking from just the the drinker side of things you know we especially with a wife and, and a kid mm-hmm. that you know if yeah, we're you going if we're going that. out somewhere we we do count on having that there and we sometimes make a decision based on who has food and who doesn't correct and there's nothing more frustrating than showing up and they're like all oh, the, the the truck canceled on us because that not enough people <laughs> rsvp'd on facebook that's or why you uh, or weather right or, or weather that's yeah. why you do like what street side did and just get a, a find someone that has a broken down food truck and just park it in your parking <laughs> lot <laughs> or, or alexandria worked out their deal they yeah, yeah formal big and um yeah there's there's a that's one way to do it for sure and the other way to do it is just to suck it up and put it in a kitchen yeah you know even if you do a limited menu the so. places I, I will say the places that have done that such as listerman i think it's a it's a completely different experience when you go there and you can say hey this isn't just a tap room they have food mm-hmm. like I, I think for for me like going there you know by myself or with my fiance it's it's different like we kind of know what to expect and right. we can say okay we we can go somewhere else or whatever but if we say hey they have food here if we're taking other people it's usually a lot easier right. and then they say well, what kind of food definitely <laughs> I mean, is it good you know when when my when my parents do decide to go out to a brewery with us that's the very first thing that they ask you know is there food there you know because for so long it was like a big issue when you would go out and you're like oh now we have to go find a place to eat or find a place that'll deliver find a stack of menus around this tap room somewhere so, that, you know. so is that your favorite trend for 2018 is the proliferation of the on-site food i don't i don't know because i i do love food trucks sure. a lot yes and i it, it almost i think that the the more that that becomes the trend the weaker our food truck community is going to be and in turn the less food trucks we're going to see at places i think that it's gonna that's gonna kind of flip the script a little bit and, and change the the availability and the willingness of food trucks to go to breweries. But, um, so I don't know. It's definitely a trend that uh, I'm okay with, <laughs> if that makes any yeah. sense. <laughs> I'm not upset about it, but uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It, I don't yeah, know. I mean, we're Quit just asking me questions. <laughs> Jeez, like I'm a reporter or something. <laughs> I know. Put your notebook away. <laughs> <laughs> I think having, you know, that and then slowly you start to see some of the breweries, uh, we were talking about beer dinners, but start to think about what beer is going to go good with food. And right. like we talked about the Urban Artifact and, and places like that, what goes good with, with food. And I think that might be something I think is going to be huge in the next year, year and a half is let's start figuring out what to pair with our beer and, you know, doing beers that pair well with food and and kind of playing that up a little bit more um as far as looking forward what breweries are you guys excited about that you've heard people talking about that are opening um i know you mentioned that i think there were 13 that you had on your list in planning yeah. like i've got 14 on mine that i'm like currently watching and confident will eventually open one that and 
being and having lived in Walnut Hills for a, you know a year and a half, I really hope Esoteric does something special. Right. Especially knowing, you know, Brian Jackson coming from Madry, and it seems like the, all of the things there, <coughs> and the the awesome building, and that there it's not going to be your quote unquote typical taproom experience. And they're saying all the right things. They're definitely aiming very. I high. just think the execution is where I have the question on that because right. it's as you mentioned, they're aiming very high. Um, the the kind of cool thing is that they're not going to be they're not going to be necessarily competing with a, a street side or a, a urban artifact or some of these breweries that you know do like kind of some of the off the wall different you know really heavy adjuncts beers flavored beers fruit beers things like that. they're really going to try to go back to the kind of core beers so you're you're thinking like you know wet beers and belgians and right. things like that so that i'm really hoping for that neighborhood that is just starting to turn the corner, that that's going to be an awesome experience. But yeah. And, and there's like, you know, some other fun ones. I think that the Lacoba by uh, platform is going to be awesome. And they're, I don't, I don't know if we consider them a Cincinnati. If they start brewing <laughs> in Cincinnati, I count them you know, the same way right. as, you know, Sam Adams or, or any place. I'm, I'm now fits. going by the license. So I've totally changed my whole and direction. And Brewdog is here. opening up something in Pendleton. It's so. just going to be a tap room, though, as far yeah, as right. I know. It's, it's not going to be actually a. So I don't. I don't necessarily yeah. count them. Although if I, they are going to brew beer. Yeah, I really kind of like, like them. I like <laughs> their stuff. Um, after after stopping up there in Columbus um, about a year ago, um, I was I was sold pretty quickly at mm-hmm. what they're doing, and um, I think I do think they're planning on taking over the entire universe and. Um, we're all probably gonna be their slaves yeah, so at some point. But I went there. It's, I'm okay with it. I, think. <laughs> I went there impressive. right after they first opened, and it was like twenty percent of what they eventually were. It, the hotel wasn't open. Right, the like hotel other, wasn't there. When I, was, I was like, man, this is like cool, but it was just like a. It was like the skeleton of what it is now. Now right. they've got like a dog park, walking yeah. paths. The, the hotel. dog park was there when I was there. The the paths, the everything outside was done. Although I was yeah. there in like February or something, so. I don't remember now. I, I don't know. This yeah. this baby has my the brain dog all park messed is awesome. up. But there was definitely it was definitely cold outside. I know that, um, and it was it was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome. And um, the idea that they're going to bring even some kind of piece of that down here into a part of town that's just ready for all kinds of things to happen. Um, it's going to be cool to watch. Three Points is doing some awesome things in, uh, in I, Pendleton. I, like, as I well. like Three Points a lot. I my only gripe I have with three points is the lighting in that big room. I can't stand it. I can't stand the changing colors and stuff. Um, but I took my brother there um, during SantaCon, which is a whole way we could do a whole show just talking about that. But um, and I was, you know, expressing my gripes to him. He's like, "No, that's I really like it. This is cool. He's like, I like the colors." I'm like, all right, I guess you know, I we went, can't all have the same. The opinions. first time I went there, we just sat at the bar. And I didn't explore a lot, and I didn't realize how freaking big it's, that it's place a big is. Place. And I was yeah, like, "Oh my!" And then we went there. They had like a, a. Was it warm outside when you were there? Or was it cold? Uh, both. Because it I was warm. Because when those when those windows roll up, it it also changes, changes things, things a lot. Yeah. It makes it feel more open and more uh, airy. But there, yeah, the that place. I mean, you talk about a place that's like ripe for like a place that could have some food. Didn't they say they're putting in a food option? I don't know. I haven't heard that, but 
Yeah. They that would be I mean, especially knowing the partnership or or I guess yeah. they're owned by I'm pretty sure yeah, they're the going to do like, and I want to, and I could be completely off on this. I want to say like chicken nuggets, like like <laughs> deluxe there's chicken, a nuggets. chicken So there's a chicken restaurant opening next to them. I'm not, I'm not making that up. So, it, and, so I'm assuming it could be a partnership. See, with I that. might not yeah. be that far off. That just hurt my soul. <laughs> deluxe chicken you nuggets know is a good option. That you can take a Friday night, you get a couple beers in you, you would house some chicken nuggets. I would get some good dipping sauces no, and something. Man, no, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna end up with white castle sauce. We can call I'm, them chicken tenders if it makes gonna, you feel better. I'm gonna. It would. I, I could I'm be gonna, completely off on this thing too. I just. I feel like it was something chicken related. On a Friday and night nuggets stand out. To me. I'm gonna end up at White Castle and I'm gonna order some chicken circles. And when I get to the window, I'm gonna say, "Where'd you find the chickens with the holes in?" <laughs> it just comes from one part of and the it chicken. confuses <laughs> them every time. Every time. And I think I'm funny. <laughs> We drifted from the original question of what breweries that are in planning are you guys excited about into chicken holes. Yeah. I'm with with Dave on Esoteric because I do like the Belgians. So that's the one that I've had kind of circled. The other one, and I don't know that this will or won't happen, is I would dearly love to see Mash Cult get a tackle. I I hear rumors every once in a while. when I talk to them, uh, you know, they, they're talking about this, they're talking about that. And I just, I really would like that because I think they deserve the tap room and the exposure. Oh, yeah. For one. For two. And I thought this was really interesting when I looked at it the other night. Do you count BJ's as a tap room? No. Okay. Because they don't brew here, for right. one thing. I don't either. Florence city of 30,000 and change has zero tap rooms. Florence, Kentucky. Yeah. Mason, 33,000 and change. It's three. Has three. Well, and it's, I don't, I, I don't know I, the demographics. I don't, I don't know, but, but I assume it's about the same. I assume you, it's, that there's, it's there's similar. And you have, I mean, there's a lot of business space in Florence, so you get a bigger daytime population from, you know, people. Also, how many people pass through there during the day. And you've got people that are making some pretty good stuff out of Mashcall. Ramathorn is one of my favorite beers in the area. (coughs) And then they're in Party Town, which is, you know, similar to Party Source. So they're drawing. There's a a craft presence there. They're drawing. Um, and I understand Party Town's set up, and there's no not really room there. But I'm like, what is it going to take for there to be a tap room in Florence? Number one, and number two, what's it going to take to make it Mash Cult? Well, and and that's the hard part too. If Mash Cult is able to get into a tap room or get a tap room or whatever that may mean, is it going to be Florence? You know, you're also now you you right. you have to factor in the cost of everything, and you know. They're not a very big operation, no. You know? So I, it, it, that I would, I would, I would guess that if they do land a tapper, it's probably not going to be in Florence, and that right. that, I would that agree sucks. That. But um, the the biggest reason I want them to get a tapper, which kind of goes into to one of my places that I'm excited about, is just the experience. You know, like my experiences of drinking Mash Colt are not the same as they are of other breweries because you don't have that that taproom atmosphere to do it. Even, you know, with uh, off track or, you know, one of those places, like they at least have some kind of good bar experience that I can go to and I can be there and I can talk to people and I can be drink. Like you don't, 
That's a big get, part of it. You don't get mash yeah. called beer in bars. You don't get, you know, like they're, they're not getting out there enough for me to have those those experiences the, with the beer. The place that turned me on to them was 8-Ball. Right. That's where I used to get mash called beers occasionally. So. so probably a good, you know, segue talking about mash called maybe a, what's going to happen to the old Rivertown that's space? A, that's a very good question. There is a sign on the building and right now. B, what's going to happen with Rivertown themselves and Woodburn? Um, so I can definitely give my opinion on all of those things. Um, <laughs> uh, the old Rivertown Lockland has a sign on the side of the building that says Cincy Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of information about them or who they are. Um, you can peek in the windows, and the tables that are inside of Rivertown are definitely tap and screws, old tables. Um, so the the equipment and the things inside of the old Rivertown are tap and screw. The name on the side of the building is not tap and screw. I don't know what any of that means Did somebody for sure. Buy the tap and screw. That's possible. Equipment and the and I don't <laughs> I don't know if I can really like dig into some of this, but. The, the the word that I hear is the word that I heard before um, the sign went up and all that was that Tap and Screw was leasing the space. Again, what that means, I don't know. Did somebody buy? I don't know. I don't know. But there's definitely somebody in Rivertown working on the space. There's definitely a sign on the building. There's definitely a Facebook page for this brewery that I don't know much about. Well, so the Facebook page is the first part of the business plan always <laughs> and it is anymore <laughs> facebook than instagram <laughs> yeah. um so that's the for the first part of it. that's 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 my uh what's happening at lachlan thing and what's happening with tap and screw um as far as i can say and as far as uh i know um as far as what's happening with rivertown um i i think we're we're watching it they are kind of they they pulled a few things back um, to uh, to fix some of the issues that they were having to kind of circle the wagons a little bit. They definitely, and this is just you know on my opinion, obviously, um, they had some 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 hard times with with money. Had to lay people off. Obviously, we all know that. Um, as far as them declaring bankruptcy, I don't I don't think that's happening. I think that's either that was just horrible timing with Rivertown with an E. Right. Um, or in, which is in Pittsburgh, which is in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. whether it was just bad timing with them doing it and Rivertown having their issues, um, or not. I, I don't know, but I don't, I don't anticipate that they're going to be declaring bankruptcy. Um, I, I've, I've heard that they did, but you know, you can't, I couldn't find it. Exactly. I, you know, I, I heard, I, I heard very reliable people say, no, Correct. this is definitely yeah, happening. That, that it was and, them. and then I, I've searched as well and was not able to confirm that. Right. So it's not something that I want to repeat, but it is definitely out there in the community. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's are, been a lot of things that people have said about Rivertown. Some of them were very true and some of them were just completely not true though. And that's what makes, that's what makes Rivertown so hard is that they're, why are they so polarizing? Uh, I think a lot of it, you know, if, you know, Jason or Lindsay, if you guys are listening, you know, cover yours for a second. A lot of it is Jason and his personality. I think it, um, it clashes with a lot of people. He's very, uh, 
very steadfast on what he feels about things and how he does things. And I think that that is hard for some people from a consumer, mostly standpoint. Uh, it seems like they wanted to not be a Cincinnati brewery and move. That might've been part of going to Monroe. And they said, we don't want to be part of this, whatever Cincinnati brewing is. We want to be bigger than that, which, yeah. But I think that that, maybe alienated some of their core and saying, all right, you guys are closing down this <coughs> awesome Lachlan tap room and whether it was making money or not. I, I don't think the intention was ever to close Lachlan right. either. I, I, I really think that they felt that they were able to, they were going to be able to well, that, right. keep I, that. I open. know that that lease extends several years yes. into yeah. the future. So closing it is not a good business move. Right. But sure. if you just from a consumer standpoint, it looks like they're trying to not be part of this whatever right. Cincinnati thing is and then they say, Hey, we're gonna go do our own thing and then it's like a lot of that Cincinnati beer community was kind of maybe what was propping you up because it's uh everybody is Cincinnati and then they said, Okay, well we don't want to be Cincinnati and then people were just like, All right, well, on, on the flip side of that coin thing. Don't underestimate how much beer they sell outside of Cincinnati. It, I and, completely uh, agree, and and not only not only beer that says Rivertown on it, but beer that was contract beer. coming from a company that had a huge contract with Rivertown, and then they they lost that contract, right. and it's now at a, with a different company. I know how much beer just from the company, right. how much of that they lost, and that wasn't the only contract. Well, and and there were there were several companies like that that were contracting things that you know. Do you know if NIP is still contracting with them? Yes. Okay. Um, at least they still have labels rolling through of things that they. I, I also the have last, not been. Right, I haven't been watching on the shelves to see well, what those. Well, the, the last one I saw did say that, so yeah. I just didn't know if that was a continuing that's, relationship or not. As far as I know, right now that's the only. The only contract. The only contract, either way. Because yeah, gotcha. <laughs> nowhere in particular is very different. Because he's coming in there, and actually, he's the one yeah, doing the work. Really, and he's, yeah. he's just kind of leasing tank space, basically. When they were doing Iron Line, that was they were right. They were brewing all the beer, and, right? Yeah, and then and that. then the, they were doing Hopper Whitman and uh, the Aldi stuff, and there was there was a lot of stuff coming through there. That, but, um, I sincerely hope that they figure out a way to kind of pull things in, straighten everything out, and then continue to uh, um, to grow and to be part of this community for a very long time. They, you know, 2009, they, you know, they are part of what this community was built on, like it or not. And they've put out some great beers. They still put out some great beers. That Controla, the Pilsner they put out, mm-hmm. is fantastic. It's a great beer. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Um, they have their... Uh, their brewed IPA is just came out the 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 method or whatever they're calling it. Um, I'm I'm curious to try it. You know the high the the, the weed beer if that's what your thing is, <laughs> yeah. you can crack one open. It'll make your entire room smell like somebody's smoking weed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hard pass. I, on that. You know, I I but there is there the, oh, that yeah. is for somebody and um, oh definitely they're definitely you know pushing some boundaries. Um, what was your third question? Rivertown, old Rivertown. Oh. Woodburn. Oh, Woodburn. Um, let's drink this beer first before we <laughs> dig into that. I, I went to Woodburn the other Need day. Need some more beer. Really? Yeah, I stopped at Woodburn for the first time in a very long time. Um, this is the uh, bourbon barrel-aged old motor oil, mm-hmm. again, from Grainworks. Um, even higher ABV. What is this one? It, it's infinite, I think. 40. 12.7. <laughs> yeah, this one's a little 
when you think of a bourbon barrel aged beer, mm-hmm. this is what you think of. This one is definitely not as subtle. It's still very good, and I think it's very balanced. I'm not getting. I'm getting more alcohol flit taste out of it, but not overwhelming. Not to the point that it detracts from the beer. But yeah, this one's definitely uh, very, very much so as advertised. Uh, and again, very well done beer. It's it's definitely good. I still prefer the um, the bagpipes of what is it? Bagpipes of Bardstown. Bagpipes yeah. of Bardstown. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great name, the, by the way. The Old Motor Oil was one of the beers that jumped out to me at Beer Fest this year. Right, and that's kind of what got me on the Grainworks bandwagon. So, the barrel aged version of this beer I like. I would probably, I would probably take this one over the. The bagpipes. Yeah? Yeah. Even though it's a little more of the traditional, like we said. So I, just, I feel I like, like the base yeah. beer. I feel like there are more beers that are like, like this, this yes. than yeah. there are like bagpipes. No, they, the other one definitely is more unique. Well, and, and I think my thing, too, is you can line up, just here in Cincinnati, you can line up 10 barrel-aged imperial stouts, mm-hmm. and there's 10 fantastic barrel-aged imperial stouts, and so it's, it's hard sure. to distinguish yourself. I agree with all that. Like I said, I just like the base beer. So I'm just, I, I was predisposed. We're, we're to, not telling you you're wrong. Andy. There are some oh, beers. I, yeah, there's some can't. styles that you know what. Look. No matter what beer of that style, I'm going right. to like it. Right. Right. Unless it's horrible, but you, yeah. I already changed my mind once today. <laughs> that's it. That's right, limit well, for today. That, that, day, that's Count my victory. For the, <laughs> I was going to yeah, say end of the year. I uh, you know th- this is definitely like I said if you would. I think this is like the beer nerds beer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When you think of a, uh, you know, craft beer, bourbon barrel aged I mean, Russian Imperial stout. I mean, that's like a, those are like, that's like a foreplay for a, a craft beer nerd. I like the, I like the burn <laughs> with it too. You know, mm-hmm. the ABV at twelve seven. you know, dark charge is definitely higher ABV, but dark charge kind of hides the ABV a little bit in there. And this doesn't like no. it. It puts it right out there in the front, and that's the the first thing that kind of hits you. And I, I think I, I think I like that a little bit. And you know, maybe it's because every once in a while I hear the thump, 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 thump upstairs of uh, <laughs> the kid, the two year old running around <laughs> destroying things, and uh, know that tonight my wife is going to be, uh, you know, pissed I, off. <laughs> I always like when I drink bourbon uh, barrel aged beers, and I never get it on the first sip or first taste of the beer, but. After two or three sips, I like the sweetness, mm-hmm. that slight sweetness that you get from whether it be the the barrel or or just the that Russian the the stout itself. But I, the Russians, once it's I the Russians yeah. that are sweet. Once I kind of, once I kind of get that taste, that's when I start. I will break really you. Very sweet. Yeah. If he dies, <laughs> he dies. Yeah, real sweet. I gotta watch <laughs> the new Creed, new uh, new Creed too. But yeah, that. Once I start feeling, once I start getting that kind of sensation from the beer, that's when it's like, all right, I'm I'm enjoying this beer. Yeah, I I definitely enjoy this one a lot. Again, you put these two together too as a release, and you've got it nailed. Yeah. They're they're perfect complements to each other, and they also contrast perfectly and kind of show the different sides of what big barrel aged beers are and what they can be. And you talked about changing your mind on the. Definition of craft beer. I would definitely have changed my mind on Grainworks. I'm, I'm all in on them. After, hey. it's well, a, it's it, you know that you talk about, and that's always a, 
you know, there's so many breweries and you go and you want to go right when they open and it's like sometimes they need you a little need bit of time to ease a little time to so it, some of the stuff when they first came out of was like you know, like where are you guys going it they were kind of all over the place i got that a little bit with swine city too um that they were just like let's just make every popular style of beer and right. let, <laughs> we'll see what sticks no offense um to to the to those guys or whatever but now it seems like it definitely, and I haven't been back to Swine City or really had much of their beer uh, since they opened earlier this year, but Grainworks definitely seems like they've turned the corner. Um, what gets me really excited too about Grainworks, um, they've got Danny Gold working there now. He's going to get a little bit of the Midas touch, a little bit of a little bit of play <laughs> with the barrels, and you couple that with things like this and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting for what that means on on the beer side. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you were talking about trying to get to a place quick or early and try it, and then there's so many places it's hard to get back. How many times have you and I talked about you can't go once, you've got to give them time, you go once early, then you give them a few months and you go back and you try it again because people are still dialing in systems. and Even on a much bigger picture than that, it's it's all about the experience, too. You could you could walk in one the the night i took my wife to Grainworks, it was like rock and roll trivia or something like that it was loud <laughs> it was it was not fun it was you know it was, it was a terrible night to bring her there mm-hmm. and that was her experience of it you know the beer wasn't bad but she wouldn't want to go back right now you know, unless the, i forced her to because I of said, that experience that she had the thing that can having a, a fiance who loves beer the thing that can immediately no matter what the atmosphere is, if the beer is good, it doesn't matter what the, because we went, we've been to fretboard a couple of times and both times it was like live, loud right. music, crazy, busy when people is, bumping into each not? other. <coughs> and that, that's the beer was good. And night. she, she's like, I love fretboard. Yeah. And that that's huge. Having the, having great beer, no matter how busy or packed or like I think about the Sonder grand opening right. and I think about Mad Tree 2.0 opening, when you know there's good beer, you're going to sit through a lot of shit. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's very different in my household. You know, my wife loves beer, but if that experience is off for her, it doesn't matter. There's, there's 59 other places in the city that she can go to and get beer that might not have that same experience. Right. And so it's, it's interesting to see, you know, for me, I like the very different, you know, kind of sides of what the tap room is. And she has a very specific thing in her head that she wants it to be. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and my take on it is if I show up and you, you know, you're like, Oh, you're that guy. And, and I, you know, get one on the house. I'm all in. Uh, <laughs> I'm very much care. like that. No free beer. No, That's... I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm more with your wife on that. In all honesty, it... that it's, there's an experience thing and there's, times that i don't want to be in most places when they are you know elbows the assholes and and when it's that crowded it's and it's not fun for me to be in that crowd i would rather experience the beer if i get a chance to talk to somebody at the brewery that really knows the beer whether it be the bartender or i don't care who but if we can really bounce ideas back you know how'd you come up with this name where'd you get the idea to do this style what's coming next um that's that's the great experience to me, and I'm not going to get that anywhere on a Friday or Saturday night. Sunday afternoon, 
Yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite times to be at a brewery. And and back to question three, we haven't <laughs> talked about Woodburn. <laughs> Woodburn. <laughs> um, so I stopped at Woodburn. I I talked to their their head brewer uh, David Pierce a little bit, um, and stopped in just to kind of kind of figure out kind of where he's at where he's at with all of this stuff that's going on and kind of get maybe a little bit more insight into kind of a different opinion onto, you know, what was going on and what happened and kind of the, the timeline of everything. And, um, what I'll say is that the beer is definitely not as terrible as everybody says it is. You know the beer is. Oh is, no, that was never a question. Well, it is with a lot no, of people. There is definitely because false for yeah. me. It was never a question. Uh, that's just me. It's not as it's, when it first opened. It was mm-hmm. different than I think. Different and better are maybe a, <laughs> right. different things. Like I, I okay, just so had, I just had a chance to try the the man <laughs> stout. And it was not what I remembered. It wasn't as good as what I remembered. It wasn't terrible. I wouldn't say that it was garbage. I wouldn't say I wouldn't drink it. But I would say I liked the version I had first better. And it doesn't matter who brewed it. It wasn't about that to me. I was trying to simply compare the beer to my memory. Now, you know, you have enough of these. Is your memory that great? No. (laughs) But I remember that as being a standout beer to me two years ago when they first opened. Yeah. So, you know... It didn't live up to that. Again, it wasn't a bad beer. It wasn't a drain pour. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I wouldn't drink it if I saw it out somewhere. But it definitely wasn't the same. Right. Um, we keep... Uh, as we far keep- as far as what's happening with them, I think is the, the actual question. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's still for sale. Um, there's definitely been some interest in it. Um, what they were able to tell me that I'm able to relay is that there was definitely I think think two breweries locally that kind of looked into it. One that made an official offer that was definitely not uh, an offer that they were able to take. Um, But they've definitely had interest, but it's it's still for sale. I assume so. You're you're pointing to things <laughs> in the room that would tell that brewery. I assume so, but that, I don't know that for a and fact. And the thing, I, I'm let's just know for a fact that 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 brewery looked into. I them. always because you know I'll I'm not friends with a lot of the people. Like I don't I'm not friends with all the. You're you're in a different spot, Braxton. If they made a, an offer, that's like to me. You have for Braxton. That's a great move. That it would depend also on on what the the the, the cost of be, that is. I speaking to, totally hypothetically here because you know none of us <laughs> were in a room when that happened. None of us saw any envelopes or anything. But that would solve the river issue, wouldn't it? Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Braxton, all of a sudden, is a quote unquote. You can't say they're not a Cincinnati brewery if they have a brewery the, in the, the heart big, of the Cincinnati. The big question too of if. If a brewery, and, and obviously I, I don't think Braxton is going to buy Woodburn, um, and I will say that definitely. Um, if they were, though, it would definitely say something about the success of a place like Labs versus 
a production facility that's similar to yeah. you know the, the headquarters. Well, the and what that means for the, the Braxton model. The frustrating model. part for me about what what has happened at Woodburn and what however you want to think about it, but that's a fantastic brewery and tap room. If you if I were to design my perfect tap room, it's Woodburn. It's beautiful in yeah, the neighborhood, in the location, the tap room itself. The fact that it's dog friendly—that's important for me having a dog. But the fact that it's like you know, great, it's just beautiful. They are definitely in the middle of construction on a new warehouse right mm-hmm. next door, and kind of mm-hmm. back behind there, which right. is going to. Uh, free up and some, a patio, some, right? Yeah, a little bit bigger, bigger patio. patio. Yeah, just expanding the patio a little bit. Um, so there, I mean, there. No, no. Woodburn is not done in Cincinnati. I don't know longer term what it means for what who Woodburn is. I guess is the best way to put it, right? Or who who exists within that organization, if that makes sense, or in that space. Yeah, because one of the things that has been brought up any time that it's been talked about around me is you would have to rebrand to get rid of all the past which is the funk really unfortunate <laughs> to me that this has been over a year and we're still talking about it it's you know? it's a little crazy to me i you know i never there, anticipated the, that things would would keep going like this would hang around that long and it really has um well i think which, that speaks to the to the craft beer community because i think the general <laughs> To it or against it, public. Yeah, I don't. I think I think the general public of like any random person that says yeah. I'm looking up breweries so, and I the arguments on both sides of what happened at Woodburn are extremely solid. Right. The biggest issue to me is that Woodburn didn't attack it and didn't didn't say, "Hey, here's yeah. what happened." I agree. Here's why it happened. Here's what it means short term. Here's what it means long term. Here's why. Let's yeah. let's move. Yeah. And and because they didn't it address the it, 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 it turned into something else. And the, the most frustrating thing to me, and it, this kind of applies to multiple things in the craft beer community, is that it became internet, specifically social media drama, which became self-perpetuating. That if you're new to the area, like you just, let's say you just moved down to Walnut Hills, and you went there for the first time and you posted on some, you know, oh i went and it was such a beautiful tap room and it is and the first thing that's going to happen is somebody's going to jump all over you and be like you don't know the history and you shouldn't go there right and and to me i can i say this fuck off know. man oh yeah you can say that. <laughs> like it's, it's supposed to be fun it's beer if you went to woodburn and you had a good time I'm happy for you that you had a good time because it's going to encourage yeah. you to keep going to tap rooms in the city. <coughs> right. If, if you go someplace that's not my favorite and you like it, awesome. So because chances are we're going to still run into each other at a bar somewhere that we both enjoy yeah. and have a beer that we both enjoy and have a good time. There have been uh, plenty of breweries around town where the head brewer, the person that helped start the brewery, whatever it may be, was was let go for various reasons. Some of them very justified, some of them very not justified, in my opinion, of course. Why is it that this one goes this way and other ones go this way? Or okay. not even necessarily let go, but left. And well, like one of the good examples, 
I think of like Luke Shropshire going to, and that's a maybe a completely different. I mean, that you look at you look mm-hmm. at Sonder versus Streetside, right. they're doing trying to do completely different things. But like you look at, you know, the things could have gone. You could say, hey, why would you ever leave Streetside? They were awesome. You were doing awesome things there, and mm-hmm. he hasn't gotten any sort of any of that. Like, hey, why did you leave? Because oh, I, I, uh, I gave him that right away. <laughs> that's, that's the right. first conversation I had with him. Why would you go to the suburbs? <laughs> that's a hell of a good point. But, you know, because that could have gone the exact opposite way right. of, hey, why would you leave and go to these people who are new and you have no idea and you're taking a leap of faith? But it's a, uh, it's, I think the biggest thing is that it was his decision too. To, to go and say, hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. And the fact that Sonder has immediately kind of dove into the craft beer community head first and said, all right, we're going to immediately say that we're part of this and, and you know, for I better think, or for worse. I, I don't know, dude. They didn't put the, the, the seal label on the Yeah, they didn't put the seal on <laughs> it. For me, a better, a, better, uh, a better comparison would be when Kevin Moreland Left and Taft mm-hmm. um, separated ways. Now, I think yeah. there was a little bit of that with Taft with people that knew Kevin um, with people that were very close, close to Kevin and Taft's and and we talked about this over the weekend they have been doing wonderful stuff this year and got a very deserved medal for Gustav so it's kind of worked out well and then Kevin's landed on his feet at fretboard who right. I also think is doing wonderful stuff and, and but drinking there was, one right now. There was definitely a period there where you know he yeah. was in between those two. And, Correct. You know that there and there was not a a, a riot in the streets of people yelling no, to burn there down Taft. And before that, his choice, but he left Listerman and go right. to Taft. So right. were people yelling at Dan and saying, "Oh, you should have paid more and kept him." Well, I, I'll give him a little bit of leeway on that one because Dan was never going to put in a what. Eleven million dollar brew pub for right. <laughs> yeah. I understand that they need but to, a, but that, that sort of plays back to the loop point. And why do we pick and choose, and why have we fixated on this one beautiful tap room? It's it's, it's interesting. I, you know, I think it's because they, I there's like a land of misfit toys of the breweries that kind of say we're not part of this, and Woodburn might be in that group and saying they haven't, they're not part of the Ohio craft brewers association. I don't think that they're technically part of the, there are a few breweries that I I think are not though. Right. But you know, and, and that may be playing into it that they might just say, Hey, we're going to go do our own thing. And, and the biggest thing to me about craft beer is the community. The fact you don't have to be best friends with the people, but you have to be part of that community and at least play nice. And, I know it might sound kind of like a high schoolish, but if you say, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna just do our own thing, and we're not gonna play into all these whatever you know community you're, quote unquote," you're missing a big part of what craft beer is if you have that attitude. Exactly. But yeah. that that's as good an answer as any, because they're not they're not the ones jumping when it when there's something that crazy that goes on, and they're not brewing the resilience IPA for Sierra Nevada in California and they're not the ones that are jumping into I go to a ton of craft beer festivals and they're not there and you look at and it's just like okay like if you support maybe a, a 
some of these other craft beer festivals that might be at another well, brewery or, or things like that. But that also raises the question, are they not there because they don't want to be? Or are they not there because of the backlash that other people don't want to bring I think them it's, in? I mean, right. I think it's maybe a little bit of both, but it might be uh, that that it wasn't that initial. you got to take that step into being part of the group. Sure. And I, maybe maybe that step wasn't made. I I think it's a very good point that you raise. And again, I just kind of hate that we just spent how, how long talking about it again. <laughs> but I, I mean, people, I know it's still out there. I, do, I just, people need to talk about it. Woodburn needs to talk about it. And that's the biggest thing that I will say to them over and over. You guys well, have to talk about this. You have to address it. You have to, if it's, if, again, if you want to be part of the community, you got to put yourself into the community. And, and that may be, mean talking about the, these things the one talk thing about. that i maybe might give them a pass on is if there's any legal issues that i'm they, sure there because are they can't yes any legal issues that they have though are yeah. also things that they <laughs> their own doing to create themselves <laughs> but you can still talk about stuff Enough around about. that um what i what i will say about woodburn is um i'm not upset with their beer i'm not upset with their tap room um for the most part, the people that are working there, I'm okay with. There's there's one person that, that, that works there I'm not a big fan <laughs> of that I don't think is a um, two-butt. I missed what you were uh, here you were mouthing there. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, I'll tell you in just a minute because the show is like almost over. But um, uh, uh, but they they just have to. They've got to be a little bit better in some other areas. Um, and one of those being communication with, with people. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing to me. Yeah. I, uh, you know, what the, the whole idea of this was, uh, you know, and this, I think has been a great kind of year in review. Um, there's a ton that went on and, and going back oh through God, yeah. one of the things that I, and I love doing these sort of research articles and having the gnarly gnome.com and craft beer, Joe and Rick Arman and all these great sources has helped, immensely just because of in on in the article that i did everything's linked but um just the year that cincinnati had i think was huge and there's things that we didn't even touch on that the medals we didn't even we didn't even and that's that, you, you kind of talked I, about uh, gustav yeah, yeah. the medals but you know i just want to if i can maybe yeah. like just yeah. run down some of the other things Absolutely. If, if there's anything you guys want to interject um definitely feel free but uh one of my favorite things was some of the older Elder Statesman breweries getting bigger. You've got Mount Carmel, um, 50 West, uh, going into cans this year, kind of permanently, it looks like. Yep. Um, and also Dogberry. Uh, the, and the number we did the, the right. brewcast at, at Dogberry, I think it was in <coughs> February. And, and Tony was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this is a big jump, but it's been successful. Um, um, they put a uh, braised brown with coffee in cans in this oh. last release. And my God, it's good. Yeah. We, uh, we were just there on Saturday and it was like, oh. we went there for that beer and it was delicious. Uh, some of the newer guys kind of stepping up their game, uh, fretboard going into cans. Um, of course, Sonder, uh, we, we talked about them West side. I was drinking a West side holiday ale. And anytime I see West side cans, especially that double IPA, uh, I pick it up. They're yeah, getting ready to release their uh, their their Schwartz beer in cans yeah, too. Really? Here, um, cool. Like in a week or snow. It's gotta be sooner than that. 
Might be this weekend. Yeah. But West Side might be last weekend if you're listening to this on Monday. <laughs> West Side, awesome. I mean, just the what they've done this year, you know, immediately kind of infiltrating. I'm also developing this this extreme love for breweries that like have this big selection of like these super traditional kind of beers too, instead of like jumping on the whole, you know, pastry stout, New England IPA bandwagon, and like yeah. you know, I love that and that's fun. It's neat to watch. But did you see the one Dogfish Heads doing? <laughs> Oh, what was that? Yeah. What's the name of it? Can you remember it off the top of your head? No, I can't. Um, I need to look it up. Every uh, every craft beer trend it's, all in yeah, one. Yeah, literally every buzzword. Yeah, it's a milkshake, any IPA, pastry stat. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Imper- was it Imperial? I, yeah. I don't know if it was Imperial, there, but yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. And I actually just read uh, the, the Dogfish Head, uh, Sam Calgione. Cal- Cal- I don't know how to say his name. Calgione, I believe. Calgione. His book and the his whole idea is I just want to be different. I don't care what I just want to do, and for him to like kind of play into that, like every that's exact that's Dogfish Head to a T. Dig into your memory banks. In memory banks, Andy, can you remember what the style is? (laughs) (laughs) All of them. It's all of them. (laughs) It is a double New England maple pastry black coffee milkshake idea. Yes. Um, and it, what's the, the name of it's something funny too. If there was a brewery in Cincinnati that did that, who would it be? Something like that. Listerman would do it. Listerman or, oh, God, yeah. or I think Brink would be option number two. Okay. But with that being said, I have to turn this so I can read it while I'm. <laughs> it is, it's brewed with maple syrup, toasted coconut, lactose, vanilla beans, cocoa powder, and cold pressed coffee. That's a very Buddy the Elf. They're, beer, especially they're, with the maple syrup. They're doing it with um, Beer Advocate for some kind of <laughs> festival or something that I guess they do every year. It's like a weird beer festival mm-hmm. or something like that. I'd say they win. Um, it's called possibly the next top rated beer on Beer Advocate. I think it's, <laughs> I think that's the name of the that's beer. That's the official name, I, yeah. I think it's, so. I would call it Trip to the Dentist, but... <laughs> With all that sweetness. But we also didn't jump into, and you, you talked about Gustav and mm-hmm. you talking about lagers, but um, that's a great Vienna lager. That's not like your quote unquote everyday lager, like your no, garage beer or your, um, or your, uh, your Rheingeist. I was quite surprised at how much I liked it given that I was looking at it like It's got that nice multi, yes, multi backbone Very much that you so. want. Um, but the talking about all the breweries, and when I started looking this up, all the breweries that won awards this year in Cincinnati. A lot. Brink won at GABF. Brink, Brink won everywhere. Brink just ran around gathering <laughs> Brink, medals all year. Brink won at events. They didn't even enter. People but just then, bring them medals. <laughs> Here, you guys won this. What? Yeah. Oh, you're Kelly? I've got a medal for you in my car. <laughs> but then Rheingeist winning at uh, Fobab. That's huge. That was awesome. Uh, Which, can I interject one thing there? I've been telling people about this for years with Rheingeist that people, eh, they just do APAs. They do, you know, the month, the pale ale of the month that allows them to do stuff like what won them at Fobab. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't have the <coughs> BA Sherry inks and the right. BA Mishushus of the world. <laughs> and they're putting out some, some really good, uh, wild ales well, or I, sours I, I right the, now. I had that same argument. Yeah. We were at a rare beer fest and I was at yeah. a table with a couple people and they said, ah, you know, 
I just, you know, it's fun having all these other beers. I haven't been to Ryan Geist in a while. All they do is these IPAs. I said, no, 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 no come no, over no, here. And I took him over to the, to the, the Ryan Geist bar, and I said, all right, Tangerine Beams, like, get that beer. Try that beer. It's it's it, it's phenomenal. It, it's, it stands right up there. I'm sorry, Urban Artifact, but this stands right up there with anything that Urban Artifact's doing as far as wild and sour beers. It's fantastic. And you talk about Ryan Geist just in general. 33rd biggest craft brewery in the country. Which is really hard to actually, like wrap your head around that idea you know mm-hmm. especially considering the breweries that they're around and, and i right. stole your stat i think that you went in the article that you didn't make it up the <laughs> average age of breweries yeah, ahead yeah. of rheingeist is 49 years yeah and rheingeist five years old it's it's crazy you know the and that's the the breweries <laughs> you know above them you know the the, the <laughs> It's, it's it's still mind blowing. The uh, the my favorite story of the year was the seven city tour Cincinnati yeah. winning. I think that, that was a fun one for me too. Getting to I, talk to Greg Avola. <laughs> I think that was a big like that with the Sam Adams with the Rheingeist really put Cincinnati on the when you're looking at beer beercations put Cincinnati in. Didn't some article come out this week or something about put us at number four or something for cities for beer drinkers? That's awesome. I don't know who... I don't know where the article originated. Yeah, I forget the list, but I've seen it on other lists as well that Cincinnati's always a top ten in the country, if not top five. But I've got, you know, and... I think what hurts us is breweries not being in the city limits too, which is frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating. I mean, it's I not understanding what yeah. Cincinnati has. And at all. I, I think what hurts us is everything's not on my side of the river. <laughs> I, uh, as somebody that lives in Fairfield, I say, <laughs> screw you. You live within walking distance of how many breweries? Yeah, I, uh, you know, <laughs> easy walking. As someone who's you got taken two, a, at least three. Yeah. Yeah. At least three. As someone who's taken a beer, beer vacation, beer vacation to, Asheville, uh, you know, you you talk, you think about those type of cities, mm-hmm. which Asheville is because of other things other than sure. just beer. But Cincinnati, you know, I travel, I get to travel a lot. Luckily for work, and uh, I go to breweries everywhere. And and I kind of did a little bit of a series called Brewery Adventures on my my blog. But right. one of the things that I people ask, like, oh, you know what? You get to go all these breweries. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, I'm spoiled when I'm, when I leave Cincinnati, I miss Cincinnati beer because it's like, we have so many great breweries here, but also we have everything that you could want. It's, it's have, also, there's also a personality to it. Like, you know, there, there are not a lot of places in, in this, this world like Listerman. There's not a lot of places in this world like Urban right. Artifact. You know, they're right. out there in their courtyard cutting up durian fruit. I mean, there, 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 ain't, there, like, there ain't any place in this world like Listerman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... And Dan will be sure it, of that. It's, there are things that, like, that, that really make this special that's really hard to put into a, a and list one, of the top yeah. 20 places. And I, I talked to... You know, we saw each other at the Fibonacci uh, uh, anniversary this right. year, and it's like... You get a Fibonacci and you're like, their beers, like they're the best way that I can describe their beers are earthy. Mm-hmm. If I you want to, like, if you are uh, trying to get back to these natural, fresh flavors, that's I've them. never tasted beer that has more of that than Fibonacci. If you want to run into somebody from Urban Artifact sitting in a tap room, <laughs> Fibonacci is <laughs> the place you're going to find them right. more often than not. And that, you know, not to not to throw some other big kind of idea behind it, but I mean, that's it's the idea that Fibonacci is doing is very much what Urban Artifact 
would do if they were smaller. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense at all, and like not this, very much so, and it, not the the fruit forward, you know, Midwest fruit tart right. beers. I stopped in the other day and they had their pawpaw wheat back on tap, and oh. my god, like it's it's <laughs> it's a hundred times better than I remember it being. That it's, and it's, the it's, mulberry mulberry grove. Yeah. That's a beer that I like. I fell in love with, and I've. I don't think I've ever had a real uh, mulberry. That's awesome. Yeah, the Marty's, Marty's Hamilton Avenue. Yeah. That one is my favorite. Yeah, they, I mean, just the, really, really crazy stuff. And they just put in a uh, new water system there and to they have goats. Uh, make things a little bit better yeah. somewhere. Uh, goats are coming. <laughs> goats are coming. <laughs> the, 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 the spring, the, right? I think so. The entire, that whole side, the, 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 the bed and breakfast or the, mm-hmm. the Airbnb, I guess, um, and the, the new tap room and stuff is is almost done um everything is basically done um the beer garden goes in in the spring and man it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts i mean just like there there are things that just make the city so freaking exciting that you cannot put onto a list of the top 25 it just doesn't (laughs) work and, and for me and you we've talked about this many times too it's the people and we are so fortunate to have the quality of person behind the beer the experience is important to me when I go in and it really is about sitting down and getting to know people and every brewery I've gone into, whether they, whether I knew them ahead of time or not, they've made me feel comfortable. They talk to you. They, they want to get to know you. They want you to come back. They want you to enjoy yourself. And I know that you go, well, that's kind of the job, but you go places outside of here and but you, you, keep, in mind too, keep in mind too that if you, so if if it's your job, uh, right? If you're a server or a bartender or something, I mean, a brewery is probably not your best money making opportunity. No, nope. there are other places you can go and you can make more money. As you someone who's been on the other side of the <laughs> right. bar, I can assure you, <laughs> you, you don't go into this industry for the money. You go into it for some some bigger <laughs> um, idea and. You, that's you, the stuff that we all fall in love with too. You, you do this because you want to be around your friends. Right. And that's why I go to breweries when I do. It's not so much that I'm going, Hey, I want this beer. It's man. I haven't seen Kelly and Andy for a while. Right. Which by the way, guys, I apologize. I haven't seen you for a while. I'll get up there. <laughs> I'll get up soon. <laughs> but, but that's how I feel about these places. It's not, Oh, I need this beer. It's man. I haven't seen, I haven't gone to talk to Stokely for a while. Who, whoever right. it happens to be. You know, it doesn't matter. I think you have to make an appointment for that now. <laughs> I think that's the way it works there, Madry. <laughs> uh, no, no. If if you bring a rare that's beer, if you bring a rare beer down there and you shake it, he appears. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> but we're, <laughs> but that's how I feel about maybe not every brewery, but very close at a very high percentage of these breweries around town. That I agree, hundred percent. It's just yeah, I, I haven't seen you know the guys at Queen City are always so awesome. And, you know, it's just, it's like, man, I got it. And I got to get up there too. It, you know, I, I tell people a lot of times, the kids, like, it's hard now to get it because you, it you is. really do, you get attached to every one of these mm-hmm. places for very different reasons. And, you know, you get these different relationships and different things that make you want to go there. But, um, it's hard, you know, 60 breweries. Yeah. <laughs> Although not 60 tap rooms that narrows it down. I don't know the tap room number, but <laughs> 58 by your number. <laughs> no, not tap rooms. It's like 56 or fit by the last number that I had. I think it was 50. 
Uh, we, I, we, have a, I made a dorky spreadsheet, so. <laughs> We're, we, but like it's, <laughs> it's it's a lot, and like it's it's uh, it's not like it used to be. You cannot you cannot get no. everywhere. You know, <laughs> you know, Great Crescent. We don't get to talk about them nearly as much as they deserve. You know, out there in Aurora, mm-hmm. just kind of you know, yeah. tucked out there in their own little um, their own little world. Although there's some projects out there that hopefully uh, will get some attention, but we'll see. Um, guys, that's a, that's, that's a very long show. Yeah. <laughs> so it might be a two-parter. <laughs> no, we don't do two-parts <laughs> on the show. You just have to keep listening. And, uh, it's this, this debuts on Christmas Eve. So hopefully people have some time off work and they can put their headphones in and <laughs> sit on the couch. Make your family <laughs> listen. Exactly. Yeah, or very long drives to grandma's. Exactly. Yes. You know, people are going to be in their cars. We'll, we'll figure something out, you know, um, save it for, uh, well, no, because we're going to have another show coming out. Don't say uh, it. New Year's Eve is uh, Monday also, right? Correct. There's a chance we're going to have a New Year's Eve show. So on my calendar, I took New Year's Eve off, and my wife got on me because I've taken way too many days off this year versus the way I'm supposed to do it. And um, so there's a chance there'll be a show for New Year's Eve, but who the hell knows? We'll see. Just make it up as I go <laughs> along, but um, we need to keep drinking. Go we need to drink some work. beer. <laughs> and we'll do that off mic so that we can talk about all the things that we couldn't talk about on the air. <laughs> all the secret <laughs> all of the, stuff. All of the secrets and um, things that people don't want us to, to tell you. <laughs> I want to just quickly say um, I'm about to go to Pittsburgh and... and oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I lived <laughs> in Pittsburgh, good beer, but... have got good beer up there. <laughs> you know, I found a great beer blog there and having beer blogs is invaluable to when you're trying to find out where to go. So go to gnarly now. Well, just beer blogs in general. If you happen to stumble across this podcast or the blog from another city and you're thinking about starting a blog, for God's sakes, just start a blog, help us out as drinkers. Yeah. Um, because every time I go to a new city, it's the first thing I do is look up beer blogs or podcasts to figure yes. things out. Um, thank you too for, for doing what you do. Um, thank you. Um, you guys are, are both fantastic people. You are great friends in the industry and, uh, um, great. I don't know if you consider yourself in the industry or not, but (laughs) I consider myself a fly on the wall. I never tell Uh anybody who I am. Uh I think Tony is the only person who knows who I am at Dogberry. (laughs) That's probably my fault. too. (laughs) Uh, but no, you know, you guys just keep doing what you guys do. And, you know, you know, David, thank you for, um, for, for blogging and uh, helping spread the word of Cincinnati beer onto the blogosphere, I guess. <laughs> I think that's what you're supposed to call it. Is that yeah. a thing? It's a thing. <laughs> right. a thing. We'll be back uh, maybe next week, maybe two weeks. Uh, it'll be a surprise. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. 